and welcome to the E-Tel Business Podcast for January 11th, 2017. This is podcast number 55. 55, wow. That's a lot of podcasting. Yeah. Um, I'm one of your hosts, William Sellers. Got Eric Malatesta. Michael Faisley. Jaden Cavanaugh. John Nettles. And today we have a special guest in the studio. We have John Nettles. Um, John is, is, is relatively new to our organization. And, and tell us a little bit what you, what you do, John. Who are you? What do you do for, for our, 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 our company? And uh, we'll get into the, the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Okay. I am John Nettles. I uh, am a content uh, person for Etail Business Venue. I was brought on to help tell uh, people about their products, about the story, and about what we can do to help grow their business. Um, today, uh, we I'm going to talk a bit, so we're all going to talk a little bit about uh, one particular way that we can help you grow your business, and it involves the cloud. All right. So, talking about that, let's just kind of really jump right into the to the topic of today's podcast. Is John, you've you've worked, you are working, and have done a lot of work on a um, a white paper that is getting ready to come out. Right? It's not out yet. Uh, but it's basically the 2017 Small Business Guide to the Cloud. Mm-hmm. And um, this is something I think the need for this white paper comes from a lot of clients that we still talk to that are like, what is the cloud? Mm-hmm. Most people are now are getting in the swing. Cloud is, is now nothing new, but we still run into people who are like, I don't know how to use the cloud. What is the cloud? Where, what can I put in the cloud? How do I get out of the cloud? What is the pitfalls, pros and cons and so on? So the 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 um, goal of this guide is to kind of inform our listeners, readers, and potential customers or, or present customers, really what is the cloud, what is it good for, um, and some of the, the benefits. And this is this podcast will basically kind of go over some of the major uh, talking points of this guide. But when the guide comes out, we'll, we'll definitely you'll you'll be able to find it on etel.com. It'll be all over the place, you know. So <clears throat> correct. <clears throat> So, in getting to it, the major question is: I mean, You get this question all the time, don't you? Will I mean, what is what is cloud? You know, I get it all the time. Even when I go out, and I'm, people ask me what I do for a living, and I, you know, I say, well, you know, I do IT. <laughs> oh, and, oh, you're a meteorologist. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Cumulus, rain cumulus clouds today. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and, and I have a hard time answering this question sometimes because what is it that the excuse me? What is it that the the cloud signifies to an end user is different every single time I talk with them. Right. So I, we, we've been struggling with answering this question. People ask us all the time, uh, and our clients sometimes ask us. They don't even realize that we are a cloud. Right. Yeah. Oh, they also go, well, I always thought you were like a data center, and I can put racks there. And we are. We are. But they're all like, I didn't realize you were, you know, because Venue, with Venue Cloud, is actually a public cloud, right? Mm-hmm. We can also do private cloud. If you want, we can do co-location and and and, and we can and do a, a mix-up. We can call a hybrid. We can do a hybrid, hybrid yeah. But when people really start looking at cloud, some of the, the and this is something that's in John's um, John's white in his white paper is really one of the major when people talk about cloud, what are they actually talking about? And when we go back to what how we define cloud, it really falls into three major application groups, right? Or three major, you know, whatever context, right? Um, the major one is obviously cloud-based applications, right? Which you've been doing... Hosted Exchange. Hosted Exchange, and, right? Or Citrix, yeah, Citrix applications. applications. Yeah, absolutely. For, for years, We've been doing right? that since 1999 here. Right. But now, really, we're starting, you know, now the rest of the world, 
it's catching up with us. You know, <laughs> and, and, times. and it's basically where, and to define this really is, as we define it, right? And you know, will anyone interject if they see, think differently? Is really an application that you would typically run on your local server, on your desktop, on your phone, right? Mm -hmm. It's not running locally anymore. It's actually running in a data center somewhere, off-site, off-premises. Off-premise. That's, right. yeah. that's the best way to sum that up. You're not and installing it anymore. Exactly. Yourself. Exactly. And and also the fact that you might not be actually, as Jaden, you're right, you're not installing it, but in most cases you're not configuring it. You're not configuring your Exchange server or your CRM, right? And you're, you're not just, supporting it. Right, and you're not supporting it. Mm -hmm. You're mainly just consuming. Just using it. You're using it. That's right. You're consuming that 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 property, right, that 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 resource. Sure. Um, you know, so when we talk about cloud, number one is an application base. And then some of the examples that, that, that we come to are obviously things like big one in the room now is Office 365. Mm -hmm. Classic example of a cloud-based application. Salesforce.com. Salesforce.com, a CRM, right? Very popular mm -hmm. CRM. Um, Absolutely. We, we see people using all those applications and they don't even realize they're using cloud resources. Mm -hmm. Right. In 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 things we're running into a lot now is uh, we're, since we you know we deal with a lot of medical organizations is uh, electronic medical records or ERM systems mm -hmm. right um, and that was ERM systems are something that synonymously have been anti-cloud right because the hospitals want to run them on site and it's not really been something that has taken wide adoption until. The recent future, right? Now we have ERM systems that are hosted at different cloud providers. EMR. EMR. Sorry. Where did I see ERM? ERM. Yeah. <laughs> You're a little dyslexic today. That's okay. I am dyslexic today. <laughs> EMR, electronic medical records. Um, now those things are moving to cloud, right? Where people are using Citrix, they're using other 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 engines to provide those applications to. to right, and, th and this is a way for many of these medical systems to uh, host all their environments. In, in a secure and in a trusted location. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Moving on. You know, when this is the one we have copious amounts of experience with is cloud infrastructure. Yeah. Right? So examples of that are, hey, I need to run my computer in the cloud, my VM, my virtual machine in the cloud. Um, synonymously, you know, example of that is people say IaaS. Yeah, infrastructure, infrastructure as a service. Infrastructure as a service, right? Um, so you're hosting those VMs in the cloud. Now, when I say VMs, um, in most cases, the virtual computer, right? Hardware, not so, not so really. You may be consuming a little bit of both. So, you know, we have the ability to vo roll out a virtual infrastructure that would include uh, networks, multiple networks, firewalls, even DMZs, and all that. That computers. Um, consume, but the computers, I mean, with all, all that can be in place, but without a computer to do anything, this, this, they're of no use. So computers are typically rolled out, usually it's a virtual server, that are consuming these other virtual services mm -hmm. known as infrastructure as a service. So what you're saying is anything that is would typically be a physical device, network, maybe not a network switch, network firewall, <laughs> Uh, in some cases, virtual it, switches, right? It definitely could be a switch. Yeah, um, give me all that. So anything you can think of that you have in your data center, just think of it being virtual, correct? And outside yeah. of your data center, and that's basically what infrastructure as a service is. And for venue cloud, this is what we do with our 
VMware-based cloud mm -hmm. where we host virtual computers, virtual firewall appliances, right? right. Maybe even things like uh, intrusion detection, intrusion prevention devices are now running in, in, cloud, in cloud, where typically they would be running as a physical device. Right. It yeah. doesn't mean that necessarily you're getting away from physical devices, but it means we have options to run as it is a... not um, at your facility, they're at the data center. Correct. In the cloud. Correct. So correct. Okay. And then the last one, when we think of you know, cloud services, obviously everyone has to talk about, well, cloud backup, backup and recovery, right? DR. And to some degree, storage, right? Right. So storage is a big one, right? I mean, where are we putting all these files that we are keeping for years and years and years? Where are we putting our pictures, right? Where are we, So that's what's the easiest way to think of it as a... As a as a non-business related application, us as humans want to save all of our pictures. It's very common. In so many pictures. Instagram. <laughs> you yeah, know. Where, where is it going? It's all going out into the cloud and being saved. Now you take that to a business and you say, hey, we can do the same thing for you. We can put your data, your your Word docs, your Excel spreadsheets, mm -hmm. your, your SQL databases, and all those things that you access, we can put them on storage that is maintained outside of your building that is maintained outside of your um, capital cost, mm -hmm. right, so that you can have a place that you put things, and you have to, never have to worry about, hey, do I have enough storage? You just consume at will. Right, and because we're doing it at a, at a scale, at a data center scale, we can offer these services to people very dynamically at a low cost, right? right. Um, the and other I, thing about – go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say talking about cost and scalability kind of segues into our next uh, – Next topic. Well, the one thing I also wanted to mention on this last bullet, <coughs> hold on, okay. is is also disaster recovery, right? And yeah. we talked backups and storing data, and that's cool and, and whatnot. But when we talk about DR, that's something that we really have seen a lot of people recently take to, right? Doing things like Zerto, right? right. Which so is one of our offerings, which is Venue DR plus VM. Venue, venue DR. Powered by, DR. Powered by Zerto. Um <laughs> Venue with Veeam, Venue with Restart, IT Plus. <laughs> so, so look. We so won't bother Jaden with all of our crazy semantics. Yeah. We will be coming out with a podcast that, that remaps all of our product, product naming. But, um, but you yeah. can see the disaster recovery is basically, it is a combination of all the other three. So it's, it's storage, it's applications, mm. and it's internet-based uh, infrastructure as a service. Correct. Without all of that, the DR is actually not capable. But because cloud can offer you all those pieces it takes the old days of carrying tapes and put get in an airplane and go into a, a cave and takes all that away yes right so you can you can do everything from your disaster recovery testing yeah in the cloud and that's one of the strongest benefits right is the yep. testing piece the failover piece being just as important obviously but hopefully you're never using that right you're only doing it to show your auditors hey i can actually do this work I'm capable of failing somewhere else. I'm capable of restoring all of my applications in a in a, in a was a valid time, right? Correct. And that's kind of how it is in this document, right? We, we we talk about the foundations, and then it moves into DR. Absolutely. Now, Michael, we now, segue now we into our to next it. topic, right? What's good about the cloud? You know, so we'll define what the cloud is to customers, and I'm like, okay, that's great, we get that. Mm -hmm. What's the benefits to me moving to the cloud? And why some, should we some, go to it? And why should we go to it? And some yeah. clients are like, it, it's like a light bulb going off once you say we can do these things. They're like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I want some of that. Or um, they still are like, well, prove to me what's the what's the benefit, right? Yeah. And in this document that John has is working on and has really gotten wrapped up, we we detail those benefits mm -hmm. ad, ad nauseum, right? 
Number one, what? Cost benefit. Cost benefit. So uh, cost benefit is, is, is super important, right? And, and it, everything down from, you know, your capital expenses, your operating costs, and your indirect expenses, it can all be addressed each individual, each individually and each a little bit differently, right? So mm-hmm. your capital expenses will basically can go away. Yeah. Or be minimized if you don't if you're going to be in a hybrid environment, right? Let's, so you're able to just not have to worry about buying that four hundred thousand dollars sand or buying that next uh, Cisco Nexus seven thousand series um, device that's mm-hmm. going to cost you multiples of thousands of dollars, and you can <clears throat> offset that to an operating cost, right? So let's actually define that because I've I've had some customers. Smaller customers like what's here? Capex, opex. What is that, right? And 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 most people know generally what it is. But basically, you know, capital expenditures expenditure is what you're talking. Expense is what you're talking about. It's like I'm going to go buy something. Yeah, you're I'm going to go one time. I'm going to pay cash. Yeah. Maybe not cash, but I'm going to go pay for this car, and I'm going to just take it away, and it's mine, right? Same applies to the IT world. Uh, operating expenses or OPEX is I'm going to lease that car. I'm going to lease essentially that storage array, that that compute infrastructure, that network infrastructure, right, where I don't want to own it. And honestly, I don't know anyone who wants to necessarily own a piece of gear, right, Mm -hmm. tech gear, because in three years, it's unlike a car maybe that you can still drive a car. Mm -hmm. Tech gear kind of goes way obsolete really quickly, right? Um Right. So more comes along with that expense, right? So you have a capital piece that you've bought, and then you're going to amortize it over three, five, seven years, whatever it is that makes mm-hmm. sense to you. And after that time, the, expe- the the expectation is that you're going to buy another one again. You can buy net new, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that is what a cap cost is. I pay all this money up front. I amortize it over a period of time, and right. then I replace it. When you go to an ops cost, you say, I'm no longer going to buy anything. I'm going to consume the newest technology from a vendor, mm-hmm. and as that technology changes, I'll just keep consuming it at the same price with the same with a new set of features as the as the products grow and change. Right, and I'm usually typically paying a set op- opex cost. Right. Correct. Start so, budgeting for that op- opex cost monthly or yearly. Right now, some clients. And I ran into an example last week. Actually, prefer capex, right? Or op, and, and conversely, some like opex. So, one of the challenges that we work with clients is really identifying what situation works best for them, right? Mm-hmm. So, we go to a client and we we hear their their reasoning, and we either try to support it, support their decision, or we offer alternatives. And sometimes it is looking at other um, capital expenditures. And, and, and look, so. Even the indirect expenses that John mentions and, and mm-hmm. you know, think about things such as heating and cooling, UPS, yeah. you know, continual power. Right? All those things are cost to your uh, data center environment that you no longer have to worry about. Also security as well. Security as well. Okay. Access to your physical devices, right? Mm-hmm. So. And it's also, like you were saying, it, you know, also when you do have an outage, right, that's, you're on the hook for that. And that, whether that's, um, you know, brand damage or lack of, um, you know, credibility in your in your business world or whatever, that's something you have to take into account. And when you move to a service provider, you move to operation expenses or your leasing cloud, uh, it kind of takes that, that worry off your plate. In most cases, you'll be getting a service level agreement to kind of help ensure that you're and keep the service provider honest and on track and, mm-hmm. 
working with you. Um, the other benefit that we talk about in the John has in the um, the guide is really scalability, and that that actually is just as big as cost. Right? Is how quickly can I provision new resources? How quickly can I be agile in moving to cloud? Or yeah, you know, in fact, yesterday I was talking. To, I was in out of town, uh, and I was talking with a customer. And they're like, "Man, the service provider I'm on now, or internally, their internal mechanism for provisioning new VMs takes them a week, mm-hmm. if not longer. Right? It's like that that time frame. It's like, man, it takes X amount of time to roll out a VM, right? Uh, or or go provision new hardware to get compliant, and right. then now I can go to de- de- deploy new VMs and workloads." With with the cloud, really, that becomes uh, that that problem goes away, right? Because I can do things like auto scale, right, or or provision when I need on demand. But I don't, I don't even have to worry about a purchase uh, procedure, right? So, you know, if we know that we're we're encroaching on the amount of resources available in our data center, so we we are getting ready to roll out three or four new VMs. That seems uh, fairly simple, and you know, we may have a process in place to roll those VMs out and get the VM rolled out in less than a day. However, we don't have the resources to do it today. So then you have to start this pers- purchase process, which that could take weeks or months. Mm-hmm. Right? So in cloud, that just completely goes away. You, you have the resources that are available to you. All you have to do is either, A, make a phone call saying you want more resources, or maybe you've already negotiated for resources on demand. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you're lucky, you just you, you do the on-demand thing, right? And you become elastic. Elastic, right? Mm-hmm. In, your, in the way how you can provision resources. Like in our cloud... You're given the amount of resources. Maybe you pay for a little extra, and now I need to roll out a VM. I just go. I, as a customer, goes into the portal, new VM deployed from template, and in a matter of seconds or minutes, that machine is ready to go. Right. So, so companies really have to know what their usage is then, right? In order to know what, how, what their resources are going to be. Well, yes and no. They have to know to have a good idea of kind of what the big picture is of their cost, but in a way. Cloud is easing that worry because now I can go provision these resources fairly quickly, right? I don't have to – if I decide I want to roll out a new application or new or new program or whatever, it's kind of like I know what it's going to cost. I take that decision to go click that button and deploy it. Um, so it, it – it, you know, the customer does have a good idea of what the kind of their baseline is, but they have the freedom, that elasticity to go either way, you know, to consume more or less resources. And look, our final our final uh, benefit from moving into the uh, cloud, and it's obviously there's nothing final about it, but the third one we've listed as an important benefit is increased uptime. And why do we mention that at all? Well, I mean, you know, everybody says that we should be up all the time, but what we're doing is we're moving your data center out of your building, and we're providing all clouds, providing cooling, heating, and electricity and security mm-hmm. and compliancy and mm-hmm. everything else. All the else. things that are required to keep the physical devices running. Right. right. So you may be consuming virtual uh, resources, but they're residing on physical devices that need power. Everything needs power. We know that in this world. So without the power, you'll never have any of these other systems. Yeah. And, you know, with my, my newer role as a pre-sales engineer, I'm out talking to clients. And you'd be surprised. I kind of take for granted that we run into, you know, as, as my previous job roles as, you know, engineer and whatnot here at the data center, I took for granted that power is always there, that cooling is always there, right? Mm-hmm. We always have this taken care of. And when I go out to cl- talk to clients and they're like, yeah, you know, we had a power outage 
last week and this week, and someone tripped on the air conditioning. <laughs> Something happened, and the air conditioning went down in a matter of minutes. Our machines are screaming that they're too hot. Um, there's still a lot of people out in the world, a lot of customers out in the world who, who have a big challenge of actually keeping the facilities of, a, of their organization up and running. Um, and I didn't realize that until I actually got out in the field and started talking to people, that it is a reality. In fact, you know, uptime based on facilities really is something that they worry about. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, disaster can happen anytime and anywhere. I mean, even on we're, a sunny day. We are. Even on <laughs> a sunny day, you can have major outages. You know, you can have uh, a pipe busting above the ceiling. Cleaning because, person pulling, a cab- pulling cables they don't know. Right. What, you, you, know. you could even have the utility company having a truck run over a, a, a pole. So you have a lot of things that can happen. and Stay puff, man. <laughs> Stay puff. So cloud gives you this chance to <laughs> mi- minimize those uh, down times by putting the resources out somewhere that has extra resources for those uh, infrastructure resources that we think of in, in the world of power and cooling. Correct. There's some other benefits um, that we're not going to discuss. We're not going to get into them here. You'll have to go read John's white paper, right? Which we now do we know when it's going to be coming out? I think I think in the time frame it'll be first quarter of 2017, so not not long from now. So we're in the first quarter of 2017. So not over yet. We're in the middle of the first quarter, maybe. (laughs) I would say uh, we have some other exciting news coming up in about January or February when we finish our other web projects. You're going to be seeing that white paper. What is that? You want to win? We we are whispering now, so it's all good. All right. So we so have anyway, other benefits that these things will read, be coming out. I will just say read the the white paper. I think it's very informative and can help, you know, kind of get everyone on the same track. Um, some of the pitfalls that, um, that people make when moving to cloud. And, you know, um, the cloud takes planning. You just you know well to successful cloud migrations or, cons- or successful cloud usage. Sorry. Ruffling papers, Sir Jaden. I think I think um, the, the hardware piece that you're going for is is that compliance issue, right? So typically there's an issue when you move into the cloud of having your auditors come behind you and say, "I want to see your server. I want to yeah yeah. I want to I want to put my hands on it and know that it's secure." Mm-hmm. Well, normally you hear that from, like, system administrators who are like, no, I want to be able to hug my server. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I understand being a former system administrator. I like hugging my server, too, but... Right. Um, nowadays, it's auditors. Nowadays, yeah. it's the auditors that want Making to Making sure the that the rack's locked, that the room to access the, the rack itself has some type of security. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. Scanners, yeah. who, who has walked to my rack and opened it up? And cloud people can typically get that. So if you're in a, so let's just say you're you're in a hybrid cloud where you're sharing rack space as well as virtual cloud infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You have all the security that a cloud provider offers you at their data center. So that takes that out of your hands. However, when you go when you ask for a cloud provider to say, "Show me a picture of your server," eh, you may have a little bit of a problem there. Right. Right. So you have to kind of change the way you do your auditing. Right. And when you do work with a, a cloud provider or a service provider who's, issue, who's you know, doing this for you, uh, those things are transparent, right? We will mm-hmm. give you, you know, maybe not you can't come touch the servers, right? You know, you can maybe look at them through a glass wall, but you're not going to go and touch them, right? Because that would be bad. We don't want to let people into that, into that inner sanctum, so to speak. But um, 
you know, talk to a successful cloud provider or service provider, you can request, I need to see uptime. I need to see what compliancy are you yourselves maintaining and, and, and adhering to, right? So um, it actually makes it easier than having to go hug the server yourself, right? Because now, hey, I can just make a phone call. I can get in touch with legal or compliance officers and give, and, and those people can give you as much information about uptime, about the security, about what's going on, right? You still may want to call the server, but it's just getting easier these days. Can we send them a picture? <laughs> can we send don't. pictures? Can we send pictures? Can, frame of our, it? can yeah, we I mean, send pictures? I don't know if that, that may violate some kind of. Typically, we won't send pictures of systems. However, we can, we, we can make an interpretive. We can do an interpretive, interpretive dance. Yeah, we can well, do some no kind of interpretive diagram. Mm -hmm. uh, other pitfalls are, uh, you know, understanding your total cost of ownership. Right, so that happens a lot. Right, and where where people want to move it into the cloud, and then they. Move their server. It's easy to build a server in uh, in any cloud. Pick your vendor of choice, and then you're consuming by whatever drip they ask you to consume by. Mm -hmm. However, it may be that that your faucet is fully on at all times, and you thought it was just a drip. Correct. Right. Yeah. And that's where you have issues because now you're paying for a full blown faucet that you really don't want, and it may not even be economical for that particular server or service that you're running. So that may be one of those places where you need to scale that one back, bring it in-house, and then use a hybrid approach. Yes. Ah. Yeah, exactly. And again, when you work with a cloud provider, and I'll just say Venue is one, uh, we give you that consultative yeah. discussion, right? We will talk to you about what are your needs, or we will look at your... You know, we do this all the day when we're sizing things like Zerto or Veeam. We'll, we'll look and see what are you consuming mm -hmm. and make sure that moving to cloud is the right, uh, the right decision, right? The other, one of the other pitfalls, um, Eric and everyone that we deal with, is bandwidth. Mike. Yeah, all the I'm time. putting you on the spot here. Because <laughs> um, people go, well, now that my gear is off my premises, it's not in my local network anymore. You know what is that? I, I'm 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 gigabit to my desktop to my servers, right? Yeah. Now I'm moving to cloud. What do I need, right? And yeah. and talk to us a little bit about. I mean, some of the experiences you've had is people will either un overestimate their needs, right, mm -hmm. which they don't know what actually they're consuming, or they're underestimating how much bandwidth they need. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, you you can't just look at hey, my stuff's in the cloud, everything's great. Um, if if you're not really familiar with <clears throat> what your current bandwidth is, if your um, if your path to the data is even complicated. Yeah, I mean, you you could end up dramatically overpaying uh, mm -hmm. for for the bandwidth that you have, or you may not have enough to be able to access all the resources that you want in the cloud, and and that becomes problematic because when it is in the cloud, if you don't have the bandwidth, the the necessary bandwidth, what good is it? If you can't actually access yeah, and then it, you're then, you're stuck, right? Yeah. Well, you're not stuck, but <laughs> it's not a pleasurable experience for you and your users, and so on and so forth. And like you said, that's that's part of the um, importance of having a consultative approach up front to to right size that for you mm -hmm. before moving your resources into the cloud. Uh, um, absolutely. So a lot of times we see where you know you have web servers, <clears throat> and they're out there and they're just fine. They can they're they're not consuming a lot of bandwidth, and even your internal. Uh, uh, clients that are are utilizing that web server, they're not using a lot of uh, bandwidth. However, you move something out to the you know your EMR out there, and you may be 
maybe therefore consuming more bandwidth. You know, if you have a fat client on one end and and so so forth, your your bandwidth is consumed by that fat client. Yeah. And if you have fifteen users using it, it's one amount of data. If you have fifty users, it's another set of data. So so understanding what you're utilizing and who's utilizing it is is very important. And you you, you hit on something when you said fat client, right? Fat client. What does that mean? It's basically, PHAT. I was going to say it's PHAT. <laughs> it's pretty hot and tempting <laughs> servers. Um, no, what we're really meaning is, you know, fat client. I have a desktop and I'm running an application streaming over the internet, right? And maybe that's not such a good thing to do. And things that we're looking at now, uh, which which people have all, which has been a, a, a three letter dirty word in recent IT release VDI, virtual desktop, and uh, we're seeing kind of a, a, a reversal of people's negativity on VDI. And I'm not saying everyone's negative about VDI. I'm just saying in general. Um, where now people are really starting to look at that again and doing VDI or virtual desktops as a service. And one of the things that we recently started kind of getting back into is Citrix-based desktops, um, where your user experience, you could actually use much less bandwidth, right? Yeah, um, correct. I'm not, I'm not now sitting at my desktop, right? My desktop's running in cloud, so my desktop or my user experience is very close to my data. It's very close to my servers, right, in that data center. And really, what am I doing from a network transport as a user at a desktop? Is I'm just taking out my my my, my uh, iPad, my Chromebook, and your your, ma- your, your mouse terminal, yep. your mouse movements, and your 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 keyboards are the only thing that are being transmitted. Yeah, it coordinates basically, yeah. right? Coordinates. And, and that's that's a lot less bandwidth. So when we start looking at the whole as a as a as an overall picture of cloud, we help look at maybe it's a good idea now to start going to hosted virtualization, um, VDI, or hosted desktops, right? Maybe we can, you know, you may be spending a little bit more on the actual application running in cloud, but guess what? I'm dramatically cutting my bandwidth costs, right? Because I'm just moving to coordinates, right? Mm-hmm. I'm screen scraping and doing things really simple. Um, and then pitfall number four, detailed in this this white paper, is really choosing the right or choosing the wrong cloud provider, Okay. Um, very complicated. I mean, that's a very complicated thing to talk about. You, know, you, you, you talk. I mean, all all cloud providers are are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and just go start naming them, and you know, you've heard all the different names out there. I don't have to name them. And then you even talk about a smaller ones like Venue, and the, and we offer something totally different sometimes, right? So it's very important to that you you know what you're trying to get into with your cloud provider. And probably the best thing is that you're working with your cloud provider back to that whole consultative type approach, right? Because you want to make sure that when you go in there that your design is correct. Correct. Right? You don't want to be creating multiple networks inside of your cloud that can't communicate and then creating walls where your data is not usable. Yes. You you need your, your your IT staff to understand that cloud these clouds got a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And then where is that cloud? Is it closely to is it close to your network? Correct. So what? if you're doing VDI, you're able to say, hey, I have a, a single hop to my data. Whatever that single hop is. So yes. Well one of the other things that, that and this again was with some previous discussions I had with, <coughs> with customers this past week is you know, they'll say, I've been in other cloud providers and I'm just a number. I'm just a customer number, right? 
and they may call in to get support and they go into some nebulous circle and it may be day it may be minutes hours or days before they get their problem resolved or their or their request fulfilled so having and this kind of goes back to the smaller service providers or you know smaller data centers that actually can develop you develop a relationship with your IT your cloud IT staff right to you know when you need something done fast or you have a problem you have someone you can call right maybe not direct the first ring you pick up with someone on the phone but you'll be able to get into a queue relatively quickly to actually talk to someone to fulfill your request or help <coughs> with your problem speaking f f directly from um, you know Etel business and, and venue is we have people who are knowledgeable on not only is the cloud up and running and we can keep your 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 VMs are up but hey I need help with a SQL database I need help with Oracle, Solaris, right, Windows, advice. Linux. So it's that kind I've of that, back this thing up. Right. And that's kind of also how we play when we start doing our MS, when we start talking about managed services, MSP, that's all within our sphere of experience, right? You're not just getting cloud, you're not just getting a VM that's running that doesn't go down. You're not getting just networking and all this other stuff. You're actually getting some real people who you can develop a relationship with through your tenure as a customer. Yeah. Right? And also, it's important if, if you have questions about products in the product por portfolio, you can have a discussion or come on site and, you know, whiteboard and whatever rather than sitting there and kind of yeah. reading I mean, quite honestly, yeah, document so that's, after document. That's that, what, what, what Michael Faisley just – what he just says is just gold, right, is actually being able to talk to an engineer yeah. to do whiteboards, to have discussions, whether if it's virtually over some type of telepresence or actually – Real presence, right? Yeah. You're actually going to a, a conference room and sitting with someone. That is a, a benefit. I think you know many of us small cloud providers. That's how we like to work. I mean, we, Michael and I, we do this all the time. And what, what the reason why we're in the business is we like IT, right? Much like yourself. And so we like to help people. We like to have ideas and work out problems for people. Hey, I'm having an issue with a DR. Right. You know, that kind of thing. We, that, that makes me happy to figure out a solution for them that works. It makes me happy, too. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when people go, oh, especially when, you know, we were talking about some of our newer backup and recovery products. I show them instant recovery, and I still get goosebumps. I'm like, oh, look at that. Just booted. Anyway. Yeah. Very nice. So let me ask you a question, Will. Um, Uh-oh. Uh, as far as John's we talked been about quiet the difference, the whole day, now we, we, I can shut off his mic with just a quick <laughs> flick of the wrist here. Well, this is a point I, I like to speak about. You, we mentioned how there's a spectrum of providers out here, and how uh, some will sit down a whiteboard with you. What are some other experiences that a listeners might have with, with other providers? So maybe some of the more bigger ones or some of the me medium ones. Do they? Uh, do, do you start by talking uh, to a human? Do you do this all automated or? Well, um, I don't know. I think I think so. I've seen a little bit of both. So mm -hmm. the larger you are, if you're, you know, if you're IBM, you're probably going to have, and, and you're dealing. And I'll use the, the 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 name. If you're dealing with an AWS or somebody out there, and you're IBM, you probably have connection to those people on the back end. Mm -hmm. But if you're one of the million other customers in the it's world that are sense. that are under a thousand employees, mm -hmm. you probably don't have access to someone at one of those larger cloud providers. Now, when you call places like Venue, you know, you're always going to be dealing with – so when you start your process at Venue, you're going to be starting with a salesperson typically who's also going to be bringing along a sales engineer and a team of people behind that sales engineer say, whatever this person is trying to do, what the first thing we want to do is we want to understand what their business is 
and then we want to understand what applications they use in their business, and then we want to understand how those applications work to make sure their business works. Mm -hmm. So we can take all that into consideration as we're building their cloud. So the experience that a lot of people have is when they reach out to those larger places, is they're starting with, well, just let me turn on a VM. And, oh, I turned on a VM. That was easy. Mm -hmm. I could turn on a 1,000 VMs. And then they turn on 10, and, and things are going okay. And then they turn on 20, and they're like, oh, man, this is getting confusing. I got mm -hmm. all these systems. Oh, and all of a sudden my bill went from a dollar mm -hmm. to $2,000, right? So I think we... I think they, that that's kind of the pitfall you, that people have when they're using large large cloud providers is that on the surface, and it's true, everything appears very inexpensive. But when you start consuming those resources on a monthly basis, they go up very quickly, and it can be very confusing to manage long term. Correct. But also a benefit to working with a cloud provider that's experienced with this is also when you do, or you, if you are looking at other public clouds, like you mentioned AWS and Azure, uh, a cloud provider right. that, and by the way, they're great clouds. They're great clouds. But if you have a a partner, a cloud provider that actually is knowledgeable on these other clouds, then it makes life just awesome, right? You can you can talk to them about what they're doing, what you're doing at your specific data center. Maybe you do have a reason to go to AWS or Azure or or you name it, right? Having a cloud provider that can help you navigate those different solutions is what's really cool. Right. We can do both. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, 2017 cloud trends to watch. Because um, we're going to be wrapping up the show here. But last thing we'll talk about is what are some of the trends that we see in, in 2017 in terms of as, as it relates to cloud? Now, I can speak as to what the uh, what is being spoken out there by the analysts and the industry observers. Uh, sounds like uh, the cloud is going to pick up even more speed. I mean, that's no surprise. It's sort of the adoption rates have been increasing year over year for a very long time. Um, we are, however, seeing some some blowback uh, from that. We've seen some cloud providers who are actually hopping or, or just jumping ship right onto the cloud without doing a lot of homework, without getting the right service providers, and they are not seeing some of the returns that they thought they would. Um, uh, there was an article published recently, and Jaden, I thought you, you may have said something about this, about some of these uh, surprise enterprises who have not really seen the success they thought they might. They're taking things back on premises because the cloud was too expensive. But where do you them. think they went wrong? I don't know. I would put that to you guys. Um, you know, maybe they didn't. They weren't consultative enough with their cloud provider. I, mean, I, think, I think you just said it. I think. I think without looking at their systems and without understanding your systems and without understanding what the the true consumption rate of your of internet, of internal networking, and as well as CPU and RAM and disk, <laughs> and all those things. Just because you're in the cloud doesn't mean you don't have all those things. They still yep. exist, right? They just exist away from your desk. That's what – exactly. <laughs> and that's actually when we talk about people who are getting – like especially system administrators who are like, oh, I don't know if I want to move to cloud. That may be taking away my job. It really doesn't. Your job is just – actually, it's going to be getting easier and more fun maybe because I'm not having to worry about the – Mess right. of cabling and crap that's in the uh, stuff that's in my out. that's in my in my data center. I can now focus on applications. I can focus on on the things that are impactful or fun to the business. Um, right, but if you have so if you have the systems out there that are that are SQL based or or some kind of transaction based systems, I mean, if you don't understand how quickly those things are being consumed, you may end up with bills 
that are going to grow very quickly and become expensive for you. So if you think you had three servers that were very busy and you mm-hmm. plan for a, a budget of three servers that are busy and 200 servers that are slow, but turn mm-hmm. out you had 100 servers that are busy, right? You know, you're in trouble. That's where what Jaden's saying about the consultative type approach to it, we try to take that with all of our installs, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, if a client comes to us and say, we know everything, we just want to run everything, you know, we, we'll try to talk with them to make sure they know. But, you know, we don't. We like to take those kind of approaches to things and say, look, just let us give a, give you some advice. You know, we do this every day. Um, and then we're able to help them size correctly. We, we, don't ever, we don't ever want you to undersize. But at the same time, we really don't want you to oversize either because oversizing, you're going to be paying for resources you're not using. Right, mm-hmm. right. Some of the other trends that we see is, you know, uh, we talked about we, we in, in some form or another you'll hear public cloud, private cloud, and you know, you've, you've been hearing maybe hybrid cloud, right? I think uh, in 2017 we'll start to really see hybrid cloud become realization, right? Where, hey, I have workloads on my local network that now I can burst to cloud or move to cloud, move back to cloud. Absolutely. And that's becoming a reality, right? And whether if it's moving the machine while it's powered on or addressing elastic resources, all this is really going to be happening now. Whether if it's DR, and that goes across if it's DR or production machines, I think all that's going on. Yeah, I think 2017 will definitely be the year of hybrid cloud. Um, I think it's going to be the year of, of Internet-connected devices talking to each other <laughs> and carrying on conversations, right? Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this is going to wrap it up. One thing we'll talk about that you'll, I'm actually, we're actually going to leave a teaser here is uh, we have a Q&A. Uh, questions to consider in, in this in this white paper that John came out with. There's a question and answer, uh, some bullets that uh, really will help you guide to the right decision of cloud, right? You can read through these um, you know, eight or nine bullet points, kind of make the decision for yourself. Also, you're once you have those decisions and you're, you've got some, some, some facts that you want to come to the table with, uh, please visit www.etailbusiness.com, call us, and we can schedule a risk-free consultation, right? We come out, we actually will give you all the skinny if you can move the cloud or not for, for free, risk-free. Basically, free. they'll hear the same speech, but face-to-face. <laughs> I, I will do an interpretive <laughs> dance during this presentation, right? Um, so, yeah. So, that wraps up for this podcast. Again, this, this, this uh, white paper will be public um, very soon, so this is your sneak peek. Um, and that's it for the podcast today. So a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, find us on the Apple iTunes store, right? If you like what you're hearing, rate us. Kind of like a virtual tip jar, right? So you can give us five stars. If you stars. don't like us, do not and say And if anything. you don't like us, just keep it to yourself. You know, your mom said, if you can't say anything good about someone, don't, don't say, say anything. anything at all. So um, we're also on Stitcher Radio for those people who have Android, Mike, um, where if you want to subscribe <laughs> through Stitcher, through Stitcher, you can. You're on iPhone, right? All right, good. John, Steve, John's here. You're the only oddball out on the, with this Android business. Sorry. Anyway, uh, leave us reviews and be prepared for our next podcast. Cue the fade music. <laughs> <laughs>